Welcome to the Pest Posse Stampede Podcast. Your hosts are Cully Christensen, the visionary and creator, and Foster Bruska, the head wrangler who keeps Cully in check and the Pest Posse rolling on track. The Pest Posse is your trusted resource for training and information that the pest management professional needs to grow their skills and knowledge in the professional pest control industry. Hey, and I'm Foster here, the head wrangler here at the Pest Posse, trying to keep everything together and Cully in check. How are you? And, and with that being said, how are you doing today, Cully? I am great. I am... Uh... I had a great weekend. Actually, Foster and I was hung, hanging out with a bunch of guys that we know for the weekend. Yeah. Had a really good time up in a place called Santa Margarita. That's and right. We have some really good, or we not have some good margaritas. That's for sure. Yeah. Margaritas, yeah. yeah. Um, so, as you all know, I'm Cully Visionary and Creator here at the Pest Posse. And Foster, what great show do we have for everyone today? Well, you know, we've got a real great one for everyone today. And I, I want to mention something and, and give a shout out to somebody that turned four today. Guess who turned four today? Who? We did. Today's our oh, birthday. Four wow. years ago to date, we launched our first episode in 2017 on oh, Labor Day. So right. we turned the big four. We're getting older. <laughs> yeah, I remember that actually. I was sitting at my uh, my in-law's house for the week, Labor Day weekend and I yeah. was I was sh- I was sending our um, our first episode to everybody I knew, exactly. control or not. Exactly, yeah. Watch it, watch it, watch it, please. Yeah. So yeah, we've come a long way in the four years. We certainly do appreciate everybody's support. And today, you know what? We got a, we got something great lined up here for you. And I'm sure a lot of you have been hearing us talk about this with some some recent episodes and just some posts that we've been putting out. You know, we're going to be talking about a. PM. A lot of you are probably going, what the heck is that? Well, that's assessment-based pest management. And we're going to really be talking about how that is different than IPM that is widely used in the pest control in- industry. And this is going to be with our great guest that we've had on before. This is Dee Miller. She's the associate professor at Virginia Tech. And she's the urban pest management specialist for the state of Virginia. So we're having her on um, to talk about the difference between this two, because I think this is a, a great topic. Absolutely. Dini has come up with this concept of APM because the assessment part of IPM is too often overlooked in most programs. However, it is one of the most important parts of any successful program. And I find it interesting. I think we've said it to her before that this is something we've been teaching and didn't, but didn't know the different, you know, terminology, but we were always talking about assessing whether or not your program worked and making adjustments accordingly because that's that's a six that's just a successful principle that you have to do for everything yeah exactly yeah i was um i was doing some live training with uh with one of our companies we consult with uh down in los angeles area and i was did the uh what is ipm training course from the academy and it was amazing how many times we said assessment during that course and i was like (laughs) hello <laughs> it was kind of amazing but yeah and we really need to you know change our current ipm practices as a new way of thinking and really today Dina, you know she's going to discuss really the importance of this and hopefully we're going to change some people's mindset on this to really show them this that this is this is something we need to really be doing it is a better way of thinking absolutely i mean it's critical for any kind of pest control you're doing let us bring on Dee. Dee. hi welcome. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. Yeah, yeah nice to see you guys. It's a yeah. fun way to spend Labor Day talking about assessment-based pest management, but I'm thrilled to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hey, we wouldn't have it any other way. We certainly yeah. do appreciate your time and uh, and being on here with us. So uh, you've got a wealth of information, and I think you've, you've got something here that uh, we really do appreciate you kind of thinking outside the box and coming, to, coming about a new way to really kind of talk about integrated pest management with this assessment-based pest management. I think this is a really, really good way. And, um, you know, before we do, before we get started with this, I'm sure some people do know about, you know, who you are, but why don't you give us uh, just kind of a little background as far as who is Didi? 
Okay. Well, um, I'm originally from San Diego, California, and I went and got my degree when I was about 26 years old from UCLA in geography ecosystems. And I met Dr. Art Evans while I was there, and he was running an insect zoo at the uh, Los Angeles Museum of Natural History. And I got into bugs and ended up going to graduate school at the University of Florida. And who knew my life would be about German cockroaches at that time? <laughs> but I worked under Dr. Phil Kaler and worked on German cockroaches. And as me immediately after I graduated with my PhD, I got hired at Virginia Tech. And I have been here the last 22 years. I'm a full professor, not an associate professor okay, anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, I am the urban pest management specialist. So when I first arrived in 1999, everybody was doing termites. So all my students and I studied subterranean termites. And then we got into ants in a big way because I'm responsible for any pest that gets in the home. And then here came bed bugs, and boy, that has just taken over our existence. But I still have a place deep in my heart for the German cockroach. <laughs> and I started working on German cockroaches in public housing, which I had been exposed to over and over throughout my career. And I was just wondering, what the heck? Why do we have so many German cockroaches in public housing when they're all under contract? Yep. And that kind of led the way um, testing different products in public housing sort of is what got me motivated and started looking at this assessment based pest management. And yep. so that's kind of how I've arrived here. So after 22 years, darn it, I'm going to get rid of the cockroaches that exist in U.S. HUD housing. Yep. And I'm going to get everybody on board. Let's let's have our own identity as pest control operators and have assessment based pest management, not something that we borrowed from agriculture. Well, that's yep. a great actually intro right into the topic. I mean, yep. what is your definition of IPM, Integrated Pest Management? Well, you need to kind of understand the history of Integrated Pest Management. So what was happening, it was an agriculture, that terminology came from agricultural producers. And the thing was, is around the time that DDT was using being used prolifically all over the United States, that was about 1944, um, agriculturalists were applying pesticides on a calendar-based basis. Well, as you might expect, they eliminated all those insects that were susceptible to DDT, and then what was left were those that genetically were not, and pretty soon they had all of these resistant pest populations that they could no longer kill. Okay. And that was really problematic. And they, in the meantime, they had killed off all of the natural enemies. So they're like, what are we going to do now? Well, this was, they tried everything for a long time, but then most of the agricultural pests were resistant to a lot of products because they'd been applied whether they needed it or not on a calendar based basis. And so around the 1970s, agriculturalists got together and came up with this idea of integrated pest management, where they would go out to the field, scout their crops, you know, certain areas of their crops, count the number of insects that were there. And because they're familiar with how much their crop was worth, how much damage these insects could do, they would actually think in terms of, okay, do I have enough bugs out here that I need to apply a pesticide or is it not worth my time and money because I have so few that I'm not going to have enough crop damage? Okay, yeah. so they started going out and actually assessing the number of pests and making decisions whether or not to apply insecticide based on the numbers that were there because it would save them money ultimately, if they didn't yeah. apply any pesticide. Now, they um, this turned out to be the economic injury level, which is a metric that is used in IPM by agricultural producers, where they go out, count the number of a specific type of pest, and they know if that pest is over a certain number per hectare, okay, that they are going to lose money if they don't do something about it. Yeah. Okay, so that's the economic injury level, but they also have the economic threshold level. So let's say they go out there in April 
and they know how fast these pests reproduce by July, they can look at the numbers in April and go, wow, they're over the threshold. We better apply an insecticide because then we'll have this number of pests by July and it'll damage our crops. Okay, these are metrics that we don't use in urban entomology. Yeah, exactly. Not at all. And the thing is, integrated pest management as a terminology, and it did mean integrate multiple control methods. That is something that we do use in the urban arena. But we really don't do that assessment process. And when I start talking to pest control operators about integrated pest management, they will tell me, oh, it's using a combination of products, but the basis of it is on resident sanitation. Okay. Now imagine an agriculturalist going out there and saying, okay, all you peach trees, don't you be attractive to, you know, the brown marmorated stink bug anymore. You know, you stop that. You clean up all these dead peaches and stuff like that. You know, they don't do that. And also the idea is in integrated pest management for agriculturalists is they reduce the pests to a manageable level to where they're not going to cause enough damage to where Mm -hmm. the farmer loses money come harvest time. Well, ask your mother, what's a manageable level of bed bugs in her house? Yeah. So that cockroaches or yeah yeah it just doesn't apply or black widows or brown spiders right that's absolutely right scorpions you know (laughs) right and so you know integrated pest management was developed for agriculture and then around the 80s that terminology was kind of cut and pasted onto the urban pest market but it's never really been a good fit. And also, um, a lot of us and our clients have no understanding of what that is. You know, we don't have an economic threshold level. We don't have, you know, economic injury levels or anything that the agriculturalists use. And people have come to the assumption, if you look at definitions of integrated pest management that U.S. HUD has and other organizations, they consider it a low toxicity or non-toxic method of pest control. Well, that was never included in IPM. And because of the Food Quality Protection Act of 1996, we're not allowed to apply anything indoors that has any long-term observable effects level, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like I tell my customers all the time. I mean, if you look at the LD50s of our products, the majority, if not all the products we typically use in urban pest management their LD50 is lower than caffeine. Yes. And yeah. actually significantly lower, mm-hmm. pound mm-hmm. for pound. And so <laughs> most yeah. of us are putting it in our bodies every day, exactly. like me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, so you're not, you know, just re, you know, backing up what you're saying. You know, there's very little that we're going to be using inside it or even outside of a structure. Yeah. That is going to be of any real detriment to the health of our clients. That is you know? correct. Yeah. And it, believe me, the EPA has the numbers for mm-hmm. these products to even get registered. Oh, yeah. They have to show that they have no observable effects. It's called the NOEL, no observable effects level, if you're exposed to them throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's very interested in that, let me recommend reading what uh, reading about the Food Quality Protection Act of 1996, because then you can tell your clients who are like, "Ooh, I'm worried about toxic chemicals, yeah. that the EPA does not allow us to apply toxic chemicals indoors. Yeah. And it's rigorous testing. These yeah. products have to go through. Exactly. And we can't expect, the reason we haven't had any miracle product show up for bedbugs is because we can't expect chemical companies to pay the $350 million that it takes to do all the rodent testing, you know, cutting up the rat livers and rat brains and everything to show that there's no teratogenic effects, no chronic effects, no cute effects, all those sorts of things. And it takes chemical companies about 10 years to get the data that the EPA requires. And then they get a 15 year patent and the urban environment, 
you know, we just don't apply large amounts of pesticides. So it's hard for companies to make that money back. Oh, yeah. So we can't expect to have anything, you know, right. fantastic and new that's no. going to be applied indoors. Predominantly exactly. our actives come from agriculture. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's Absolutely. where the money is. That's you know, where the money is. Treating hundreds of thousands of acres, you know, or hundreds of millions across, you know, the United States and then the world, you know. Right. At, they're going to spend their money there because yeah, yeah right. exactly what you're saying. We're not going to, we just don't buy enough for them right. to justify them getting us some miracle product, you know, that exactly. they have already tried in a field for the yeah. most part. Right. Know? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So, so that's where getting back to integrated pest management, you know, we just can't take an idea that was designed for agriculture and then put it onto the urban environment. Yeah. It just doesn't work for us. And yet we've been kind of trying to fit into this box for 50 years. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you just think about that. I just sit here and imagine a field of crops and I'm in an ag you know, area. My county is a big ag county. And I think, it just doesn't even, they're nowhere close. Right. Yeah. They're just, yeah. right. you know, doing a structure in structural environment compared to that. They're just, they're, they're, there's hardly yeah. any crossover except for, yeah, you've got some plants on the outside and you've got a field of, of plants, but it's still completely different. I'm not going to eat the plants typically on the outside of most homes. Right. No, no right. you're not, unless they've got a garden there, but yeah. Yeah, and that's one small section. Exactly. Yeah. So you, so Didi, you, you know, you came up with this great idea with, with APM assessment based pest management. I mean, you know, kind of, how did you, how did you start using this? I mean, how did you, how did this kind of click for you that this was, this was a, a better way to kind of approach things than IPM? Well, um, a part of my job when we're going out there and testing new products, that's kind of how I fund my laboratory is that, um, you know, let's say MGK comes to us and says, we have a new bait, we want to test it out in the field. And I usually work in public housing because they're some of the most infested with German yeah. cockroaches, yeah. you know, out there. Yeah. And I started talking to residents. I end up talking to residents and they, if there's any understanding of integrated pest management at all, if they've ever even heard of it, they assume that it's this non-toxic method. They don't have any understanding whatsoever about the going out and scouting the field. That's never done. Yeah. And it's the same thing when I'm talking to members of the pest control industry. They don't realize that they're supposed to be going out there and looking at the numbers first. Yeah and then making a decision um, on what to do. And one of the things that I have to do with all my research studies is if I'm going to see if this bait product works or is competitive with other bait products, I have to go out there and put out traps, assess the population, how many cockroaches do I catch in one night in these traps, and then I have to go out and put out the bait in places and then put traps out again at time intervals to see if that bait is reducing the population. Yes. That's the way we do the scientific studies. If we put the bait out, do we have fewer cockroaches after we do the treatment than we did before? So we have to assess that population size and then assess whether there is a decrease over time. Yeah. Okay. And this is something that I can get managers and apartment owners to understand, you know, well, mm -hmm. we're going out and assessing the number of roaches and seeing if the bait kills them, if we have less at the end of the study. And so the term assessment makes more sense to them integrated. They're like, well, what are you going to integrate? You know, yeah. and it gets interpreted all kinds of different ways. But the thing is, this assessment makes it clear in everybody's head that something's going to be assessed. Exactly. And yeah. one of the advantages is, too, that these managers tend to be much more willing to pay what it takes to get rid of their cockroaches if they, A, know how many exist to begin with, mm -hmm and have some documentation that they're being reduced over yeah. time. And we see this in multi-unit housing all the time that nobody's going in there and assessing. 
And yeah. usually apartment owners will go with the lowest bidder. And sometimes that ends up being $5 a door. And that means that the technician really at his cost only has about three minutes to go in there and spray something and come out and then maybe not see that apartment unit again for three months, you know, a quarterly schedule he's yeah. on. And then if the resident complains that there's still cockroaches afterwards, what everybody's been saying is, well, the resident doesn't clean up. What can we do? We're helpless. Yeah. We can't do anything. Yeah. Well, the other thing I found out with assessment-based pest management is when I started working in public housing and I was testing bait formulations, the housing managers would not allow me to require the residents to clean up because they weren't paying me. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is going to be terrible because we talk about bait competition and baits were the things I was testing yeah. during that time in the 2000s. And... I thought we would have a lot of trouble, but I ended up, you know, putting out large quantities of bait based on the assessment. So we would trap, count the number of roaches that would then determine the amount of bait we put out. And I'm talking about if we had over 500 roaches, they got a whole tube, they got two tubes yeah. of bait. And most technicians don't have time to put that out. But and we that's would a lot of yes. bait. I yes. mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in and in a kitchen I've used a tenth of a tube or a quarter of a tube because I don't have a lot of cockroaches to deal with. I've got, yeah. you know, predominance of my business is middle, upper income. You know, they tend to be very clean. Um, and one cockroach is an issue. So they're calling me, yeah. they're paying for pest control if they see one, you know. And so you don't need a lot of bait for that. No. But, you know, I've been in restaurants that are not going to clean because they've never cleaned. And I've used a tube or a tube and a half in a restaurant and I got control. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Even if we catch one. Because we have set up how much bait certain numbers of trap catch get. Even if we catch one, we put out a quarter of a tube, 7.5 grams. Yeah. And <clears throat> one of the things that we discovered is without the resident doing any cleaning at all, eliminating that sanitation issue, mm -hmm. we could get complete cockroach elimination. Okay. And especially when you're using baits, because, you know, typically we have um, the residents get notifications from the pest control company that, okay, we're going to come treat your apartment. We need you to move all of your dishes out of the cabinets and things like that, getting every, get everything out of our way so they can go in there and spray. Well, there's been several papers published that these German cockroaches are so resistant to our spray formulations because mm -hmm. they've been sprayed with everything known to man since 1961. Yep. And we have killed all of those that are susceptible. And what we have left are those that are not. Okay. So the sprays aren't working. We're going in there and testing the baits alone because we were working for the chemical manufacturers, just trying the baits. And if we didn't disturb the cockroaches, didn't have the resident move anything, didn't have them clean anything up, the cockroaches were happy and hungry. And then we were coming in there bringing them treats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things we realized is putting out those little quarter of a dime size droplets in different places took forever. No technician would have the time to put those out. So what we started doing, and I'm promoting this all over the place, is using cut right wax paper. Comes in oh, the yes. blue box. Yep. Yeah, grandma used it for baking. That was yep. always in my house when I was living with grandma when I was a little girl. Cut those in two-inch squares, fold them on the diagonal, and run a line of bait down yep. that crease. So now we have the bait taco. Yeah, yep. And exactly. we could take three or four of those and just put them, you know, behind the stove or yep. drop them behind the refrigerator. And this is how we were able to get that bait quantity out in a timely fashion and not contaminate surfaces. That's another thing. 
I wish you guys could see the restaurant that's right across the street from me here, the Hunan Garden. Every bit of Max Horse hydromethylon bait that was applied in 1998 is still it's in still their there. dining room. Yeah, yep. exactly. Because that's what guys will do. They'll just take it and they'll put it like it is in that in that bait taco, and they'll just put like big lines all, all over. over. Yeah. Well, because I'll be perfectly honest. When I started, that's what I did. Yep. One because I wasn't trained that it actually works better when you put it out in a small yeah. dab but two it was quick yeah i could you know <laughs> zip zop you know yeah, yeah, yeah. cabinets done and move on to the next one because just like what you're saying i had a dollar amount i got paid based upon the dollar amount the exactly more I got done the more i made and so i was trying to go as fast as i could yeah. through those units yeah. and right. um and 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 it's faster yeah. It's yeah. not better, <laughs> no. but it definitely is faster. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we constantly walk into units today that's got these big old lines Line, of yep. around places, you know, and yeah, that's why they're not partly why they're not getting control because the roaches just for whatever reason, they don't feed on that as quickly. As no, no, small. but yeah. And I, it seems like this cut right wax paper, this is purely accidental. Okay, so we were looking for our research purposes for a way, a faster way of getting the large quantities of bait out. Yeah. Started cutting up this wax paper, which seems for some reason to be very attractive to roaches. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if I sent you guys some of those pictures, but um, they're where they eat through the crease in the wax paper. It's just yeah, amazing the way that, that they chew through that. And that's something too that you, you, A, because we're baiting, we don't have to ask the resident to leave when we're in there treating. B, another huge advantage is not asking them to clean anything because they never do clean it the way we want to anyway. And we yep. want the, the cockroaches calm and happy and hungry. Yep. C, you can talk to the resident and say, hey, is there any place that you're seeing cockroaches that, you know, besides the kitchen and bathroom that maybe I don't know about? And I've had them tell me, oh, yeah, behind my son's bed and over yep. here in this closet and this and that. And you have a better chance of putting these bait tacos out because you're not contaminating surfaces. And if they don't get eaten, you can actually remove them. Mm -hmm. It's the first time ever we've been able to remove pesticide residues of any kind. Yep. And the other thing is if they eat the bait and they eat through this crease in the, in the taco, basically, the resident loves to see that. Oh, yeah. It's something totally tangible and visible for them. Yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh. You yeah. know, because one of the challenges is you guys, I'm sure, have seen this. You go into any of the residents' homes and you open up the kitchen cabinets and there's like five cans arrayed there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. and they believe, honestly, if you talk to them, they believe that they can do just as good a job as their pest control technician because they see that the pest control technician might not be in there very long. Yeah. And they think the miracle is in the can, mm -hmm. not the technician's mentality or his training. Yeah. It's the miracle in the can. Exactly. And they think, okay, you're not applying the right stuff. That's how come when I come back, I still have roaches in my house. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to improve the professionalism of the pest management industry by showing at least the residents and the apartment owners that we can eliminate their cockroaches. And oh, yeah. we can. And we can do it without the resident doing anything. Exactly. Okay, yep. but we do have to do the assessment. We need to convince these managers that they need to know how many roaches they have. Um, I know you had a picture, Foster, of all of the uh, cockroach infestations. Yeah, that we're in public housing. Can you post that for just a second? Yeah, we had. Yeah, so we're seeing. Yeah, so these are these are pictures that Didi sent, and these are these are typically what you guys are going to find in these housing complexes. You can see that. Um, here's another good one, the same thing in the yeah. cap. I mean, we've all seen this before. It's just crazy. And this this is unfortunately what people live with. So right. uh, that's that's what they're gonna be, you know, dealing with. And that's the infestation levels you're gonna be dealing with. And here's the thing, these units are all under contract. Yep. 
Are we yeah, convincing right. anybody that our industry knows how to do pest control? Exactly. Okay. Because in many cases in these apartment units, because they're undersold. And if you have a salesperson that doesn't provide the technician enough time because they have undersold the contract, I recommend, and I do this from the podium when I'm speaking live, that you take that guy or woman, pull down their pants in front of everybody and spank them right in front of the rest of the technicians. Okay. Uh, I'm sure HR would love that. Yeah. Wow. But that's the thing is we need to be paid what pest control costs because exactly. right now we're doing pesticide application only. Exactly. Are we in the pesticide application business mm -hmm. or are we in the pest control exactly. business? Yep. And this is where the assessment part comes in. Again, we should be able through overnight trapping to document and show these managers and owners that we are able to reduce their populations and even eliminate them. Yeah. And here's a um, here's a picture real quick of your you're talking about that overnight trapping that you have here, Dini. Yes. About those I thought this was a great picture here to, to show mm -hmm. this. It's really where you can assess the situation and assess what's going on with that overnight trapping. Yeah, it's going to be mm -hmm. some more labor for you guys. But as you can see here, this with this picture here that Dini provided, it's really going to give you an idea as far as where you've got to put your bait at and where your where your infestation level is right and the thing is is we're using these traps we're putting them out overnight picking them up the next day and that determines the amount of bait that we yeah. put out yeah. so um it's a quarter of a tube for that low the one mm -hmm. to 50 yeah. and then the 50 to 100 they get half a tube Okay. And then if they have the high, they get a whole tube. If they have the extra high, they get two tubes of bait. Yeah. And they're put out in these wax paper tacos so that we can put them in a lot of different places and put out big quantities without having to put it all over the walls and make a mess and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And we have been very successful. We've been able to eliminate the cockroaches. And here's the other thing. We worked in Rocky Mount housing. We started at the worst time of year, June, because the cockroach populations double, triple, and quadruple during the summer. So yeah. we can expect July, triple, August, quadruple. And we started in June putting out these baits, and we pretty much wiped the cockroaches out by December. But we're there on a monthly basis, putting out the traps, yeah. putting out the baits. Well, here's the thing, without asking the resident to clean anything, we wiped out the high level infestations, the medium level infestations and the low level. And wow. guess what? We went through the rest of the year up into summer again and not a single cockroach returned. Wow. Okay, everybody wants to say if they don't clean up, the cockroaches will just come back. I've got yeah. data to say that no, they don't. Yeah. And so we need to upgrade our industry. We have the power mm -hmm. to get rid of these infestations using assessment-based pest management. Exactly. But we also need to have the, re the management pay what it costs to do that. And um, I think that's the biggest shift yeah. right there, just what you said, is getting... And, and it, I, getting what we're what we're worth here in the industry, because I think that's the biggest thing is that we're still some companies are still in that mindset of that so much per door or not even really looking at the hourly rate and looking at right. you know, getting paid what we are worth, because mm -hmm. you know, I think we're not we shouldn't be looking at ourselves as, as far as below janitors. And that's what a lot of property management, unfortunately, looks at us at. And we need to bring that level of professionalism. Well, and that's up. our own fault. Yes, it is. It is. And that's what I'm just going to say. We need to bring that level of professionalism up by doing this, by doing this assessment based best management. And this is why we're really trying to just drive this home to everybody with Didi's help with this, because it's such a better way to look at things. It's a more professional way to look at things. It's a more modern way to look at something. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not looking at it, something that was adopted which is not a bad idea that it was adopted, you know, because it was something that was already there that was easy for the pest control industry to really 
kind of views and to try to make things a little bit better. But now we need to up the game, I think, even more. So, Well, I agree. Uh, I think I'd like to go dial back a little bit to where Didi was talking about, um, you know, the sales guys, you know, selling these contracts wrong. I used to have my sales guys, I would not allow them to schedule. The contracts came to my desk. I ran the commercial department and then I would pick who it went to. I would pick, you know, when it was going to get done and I would get it scheduled. But the other advantage to that was, is I got to put the contracts back on the salesman's desk when it was not sold appropriately. Oh, that never happened. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I ever had to do that to Foster. No, you never did. Um, but I had to do that with, with several others. I literally mm -hmm. would walk the contract back, put it on their desk, and be like, we're not doing this. And the, yeah. well, What do you mean? Yeah. You, you have to have the backbone. You can't take every single job. I mean, we say this all the time. Walk, walk, walk. I've walked for more jobs than probably most of you have ever dreamed of. Yep. Because, um, you know, especially right now, I got, I'm got i running two companies, right? I'm doing the pest policy with Foster, and then I got a service company on the side. I've been doing this long enough. I can see a job's going to be trouble or the client is going to be trouble yep. before we ever get started. You know, and so if I feel like I need to, I walk or I put in a price tag that's so high that it's going to be worth my time to put up, put up with those people. Exactly. I'm sorry. Some people might think that's arrogant, but, you know, this is business. You know, I go out and do things for free for those people who I want to do free stuff for, yeah. you know, and I do it regularly and I'm grateful to be able to do that. But, you know. I'm not going to walk into a HUD housing place that I know needs a lot of work and do it for five bucks a door. I'm just yeah. not, not wasting, I'm not even going to spend time doing the bid yeah. because it's hours just to do the bid. Yeah. You know? Well, part of the problem is these managers have no idea exactly. what their pest levels are. Exactly. And um, I was just talking yesterday to Matt Hamblin, who's the owner of Smart Pest Solutions in um, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And he is using this methodology and he does only multi-unit housing. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what economic level he takes them all in. Mm -hmm. But the first thing he does is goes out there and does an assessment and tells them that's what they need and then yeah. brings those roaches in the traps back mm -hmm. exactly. and shows it to them. And I'm recommending that we go out there and take photographs of all three traps and send those yeah. to the manager so that they cannot be in denial as mm -hmm. to what their situations are. And then you at least open the door for the first time ever to negotiate what it takes to eliminate those populations. That's where the assessment really comes in yep. because we have failed to do that utterly. Mm -hmm. And they're just paying for somebody to show up once every three months and spray exactly. some stuff. And I can ask these managers what is being sprayed. And they're like, well, you know, yeah. the, the, insecticide and i'm like really is it diet coke and they have no idea you know <laughs> i like that <laughs> and i think we need to have a little bit more communication out there as to what we are doing rather than we just give you this bid nope we're going to show you some pictures that we took of the number of roaches that you have yeah mm -hmm. and we're gonna you know send them to you exactly. so you have documentation okay and yeah, it makes a big difference yeah, but I bet he's charging even for his assessment, at least oh, yeah. somewhere in his bid. Oh, right? yeah, you absolutely. Know? Because yeah. he's earned the right. They're calling him probably, he's known for that, right? Yes. I mean, if, if this is the guy you call in Phoenix for multi unit housing if you want it done right. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, because he's given them an education, it's just, it's a mind shift from, Let's just get the contract down there. Let's give it the lowest price so we can get the job and we can generate money, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, his like thought process is let's go in, let's educate these people so we can do the job right. Mm -hmm. exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it, there's a mind shift there. You know, you're, you're doing things different. And right. the, the bottom line is that's because he cares about his client. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
He really right. cares, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's to me what that shows is somebody who really cares about the client, not just his dollars at the end of the day. Right. Which I don't know how you make money doing it. I don't either. The other way anyway. Yeah. Some of these people that charge this low amount, it's like, I don't, I don't understand this. So. Well, yeah. that's the thing is I've, my experience is in one housing community that I was working in, we went and identified the 36 most infested units with German cockroaches. And I actually got a copy of the checklist of all of the units from the previous um, pest control technician who had been there a yeah. month before. Yeah. Only two of those units were listed as having cockroaches at all. Mm, wow. Okay. And this lets you know there's a lot of units that just don't get, aren't gone into. Yeah. Because exactly. the technician, no doubt, has no time, doesn't yeah. have time to do it. No, he doesn't. That's the big thing. Yeah. And, and you mentioned it, it kind of kind of go back real quick because I think this is something that's missed a lot. Um, you know, you mentioned just real quickly as far as documentation, taking pictures. I mean, that's that's got to be a huge, important part of this. And I think that's something that a lot of Unfortunately, a lot of PMPs kind of mess with this as far as that documentation, because you really need that. You need to be taking the pictures. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's a huge part of that, isn't it, as far as that? Well, the thing is, is it's simple and quick to do, and it's undeniable if yeah. you send it to the management. Exactly. Okay. And I think it's been very handy for the management all this time. Not handy for us as pest control operators, but handy to the management that they yeah. just don't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know? And yeah. we need to put a stop to that. Yeah, we yeah. really do. We yeah, do. I mean, absolutely. You know, we say it all the time, right? A picture's worth a thousand words, and that's kind mm -hmm. of cliche, but you know, <laughs> it really makes a big difference, right? When you can show them, and a lot of times they just they don't know, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, they, um, they don't and know what rodent rub marks are. They don't. They can't tell the difference between rodent rub marks and bird rub marks. They mm -hmm. they don't. You know, I just went out to a job and the client called me out for mice and it was bats and they'd had a technician out a year earlier. And I guarantee you, they did all this work for mice. And I went up in the attic and looked in the attic. There's no mouse evidence, period. There, It's blown insulation. There's no trails in the insulation. There's no droppings that I could see. I mean, I didn't go through the entire attic, but you know. All you have to do is get up there and look. They're going to be close to that hatch most of the time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he sold. I, you know, I have no proof of this. So I didn't say anything to the client. I just kept this to myself and told Foster. But I'm like, I would almost bet you that that guy sold that mouse job, never caught a mouse, or just put out bait stations. Yep. And it was bats the whole time. Yep. You know? And so it's just. Well, it's and, I, more, and I think of the same thing it's just yeah. not bed bugs you know mm -hmm. yeah. well and i think all of this as far as with what we've been talking about here today with this assessment based best management and just like with cully said i think this all goes back to the mindset too of training because i can't mm -hmm. tell you how many times we talk to people that you know all i want is my training for my ceus what do you mean that i have you know i'm paying you guys here at pest posse academy what is this continuous training i don't need this my guys don't need this. All I need is I need my CEUs. And I think that is just such a big misstep here in the industry. And it's something we're trying to change because again, like we said, with this assessment based pest management, we need to up the level of professionalism. We need to mm -hmm. continue to train how to change our mindsets on this, not only to do the job correctly, but to talk to the customer correctly mm -hmm. and to have the, I wouldn't say aggression, but basically have the, the knowledge and expertise to talk confidently enough and to push enough, but not just push too much where it's going to piss the customer off. And that's, again, yeah. this all goes back to training and learning this. And this is where you guys need to do this. It's, we, right. need to, we need to step this up, guys, here at the industry. We need to really, we need to we, really up our game here because we're just, we're, we're still, you know, I wouldn't say everybody, but I would say a good amount. Of, of the pest control industry is really being done as it was in 1950. And, it, and it is. And so there's several things we need to consider as an industry. A, nobody is doing business the way they did in the 1950s. Yep. Why the heck are we? Exactly. Okay. Two, 
how are we going to keep young technicians working for us if they are being sent out doing pesticide applications and they feel that their job is not useful? Yep. They're not achieving anything. Yep. They're not making people's lives better. They're not doing a legitimate pest control you know, application. Exactly. Okay. So there's nothing inspiring them to stay in this industry. If it's yep. just go in and spray and get out as quickly as possible. Absolutely. And also what about the image of the pest control industry? Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm talking to the apartment managers about plumbers and roofers, they don't have roofers that they hire that come and replace 14 shingles and that's it. <laughs> oh yeah. We didn't do yep. your whole new roof because the resident wasn't cooperating. So we just put, 14 shingles up there. Yeah. You know, we don't have plumbers that come in and just apply Drano Plus down the toilet and say, what can I do? The resident keeps pooping in it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they expect that when that plumber or when those roofers leave, that they have a new roof and that exactly. the plumbing is working. Mm -hmm. We are the only industry out there that they can come back into an apartment unit and there's just as many cockroaches there as there was before. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, how exactly. inspirational is that to yeah. anybody about the value of what we are delivering? Because exactly. if you ask these, these apartment managers, what are you getting for your money? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly. only pesticide application. Yeah. Exactly. We can do better. And we totally do have the power. We can eliminate the problem. Let's do that. Let's make our businesses about eliminating people's problems. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we should be doing. So. And that's the sad thing is that's the reality is this is a solution based industry. This is a results based industry. You're not going to keep your customers if they don't get them results. I tell my customers all the time, they're like, okay, well, do you want me to sign a contract? And I'm like, you know, I, I have them sign an agreement, yeah, but not a contract. I said because you can get you can you can cancel this at any time. There's no I don't play that game where you have yeah. to sign up for twelve months or whatever. Because if I can't earn your service every time I'm here, I don't deserve your service. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, and you should see the eyes open. They're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, this yeah. is totally new. We don't know. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, that's what it's about. It's about the results. Mm -hmm. You know, if yeah. you can't solve the problem, you, you haven't done your job. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. Know. So, well, this is, Didi, this has just been phenomenal today. I mean, I think we've definitely brought some great information um, you know, to everyone here in the industry, you know, and we talked about, you know, a few times here with this pest control versus uh, pesticide application. Um, we, uh, I believe we have that re-released on uh, Pest Posse TV. You guys will be able to see that. I know that on our live streams and our Facebook videos that that is still up. You still be able to see that. So we encourage everybody to go and check that um, out today. Um, you know, I think again, this has been some great information, Dini. We certainly do appreciate your time today and being here with us and imparting your knowledge. And I know we're going to have you on again. We talked about another subject that all of everybody stay tuned because I think it's going to be uh, some great stuff. And, um, you know, we, we do have this month sponsored by Apprehend. So we actually have a great episode next week that's not live, but it's with Nina Jenkins from Apprehend. And she's going to be coming in and talking about using apprehend as part of this assessment-based pest management and kind of the different levels of bed bug infestation. It was a great talk that I had with her. So we encourage everybody for you to go and check that out um, next week because it's going to be great. And again, you guys are going to be hearing us more and more and coming on more and more here with Didi talking about this assessment-based pest management until we see the industry fully adopt this because this is our goal here at the Pest Posse. And I know with Didi, we, we are going to, we're going to make a shift here in the industry yeah. so you can you heard it here, like we said before, with that first uh, live stream we had with Didi. We are going to make this shift to assessment-based pest management. This is what this is our mission here at the Pest Posse, and to have Didi do this, and I think it's a better way to uh, to get this done. 
So again, thank you so much, Dini, for being here today. Yes, we, thank you, Dini. All really, right, we are it. professionals. Let's you know make sure everybody knows it. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Exactly. And I yeah. would say, you know, the only thing I want to add to, uh, well, a couple things. One is I realize I can come off kind of strong at times. I do not come off like that with my customers. Yeah. Uh, there's a way to do to get this point across with your customers without being a jerk. You yep. know. Um, but. Uh, the other thing is, um, oh, yeah. now I spaced on it. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I think that um, this is just the way we need to. I think we've most of us have been doing this to a certain degree, yep. but we just haven't been able to lock it in in this yep. shift. Um, I think the ag department is going to have a hard time bending or um, adjusting their thoughts as they continue to monitor us since yep. they're, they're our policing agency yep. because they have to do both. Exactly. They have to do structural and they have to do crops. Yep. And so, um, you know, it'll be a little bit of a shift, I think, for them. to. I mean, I don't think it's going to, you know, obviously it's not going to hurt anything in regards to how we're doing things legally. Yeah. In mm -hmm. fact, it's probably going to make it, it's all, it's going to make it all better. But, um, exactly. but I get a lot of that. I try to develop a good relationship with my ag department, wherever yeah. I'm at. And, um, they're, it's all about IPM for them, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, it's kind of interesting, but yeah. thanks everyone for watching. Thank you again, Deanie Miller. We appreciate your time and your expertise and the fact that you have, I mean, you do this, this is, I mean, yeah. you know, this is proof in the pudding, right? Yeah. You're not talking about a theory this yeah. is a fact you've been putting this into practice for several yeah. years and exactly. i've got a paper out about you know this is a over a year-long study we did in three housing communities where we were able to show we can eliminate cockroaches if no, i can you, do it anybody, anybody can do anybody it, can do it. No, that's right that's a little girl right. from san diego <laughs> that's yeah, right exactly <laughs> totally dude <laughs> <laughs> i want to let, remind everybody about the pet the great pest control giveaway um, we're only about 10 um, members away from doing another drawing. So well, that's uh, awesome. we did that live last week, but we want everybody to go in. Here's the link there to go into the Great Pest Control Giveaway. You guys just go in there. It's completely free to be a member. You can see all the awesome episodes we got with Dini and everything we got coming up. Um, you're only going to see that exclusively on Pest Posse TV. And again, hint, hint, like we did with the drawing before. Uh, you members, we got something cool coming out. It's going to make it easier for you guys to watch our stuff. So yes, uh, be, right. be looking for that. So um, definitely. So And the next drawing will be for one case of Catch Zone by Catch Masters. Yep. So make sure you sign up today. So exactly. You can be on there, we had one guy who was so excited. He actually won something. Like amazing. So yeah, and we, we encourage everybody too. I know we talk about a lot of stuff here, but you know, hey, we got the Pest Posse Stampede. We got a blog that we have out now, and we have our continuous in-depth training solution, Pest Posse Academy, we talk about. It. So we guys got a plethora of stuff for you guys here in the industry to get some training and get some knowledge and stuff That's going right. on. So we encourage you to check and that we'll out. Continually so. talk about assessment based pest management in that yep. training. Exactly. So, and we would appreciate it if you guys would tell your friends and colleagues about pest, the pest posse and pest posse TV and exactly. what we're all about. Exactly. Yeah. And if you guys really like what we're doing and everything, and you want to just kind of show a real in kind gesture of us, we set up something pretty cool here. Buy us a cup of coffee. It's that easy. All you have to do is just go in there and do a one-time donation, do a pledge, whatever, something easy for you guys to do to show your appreciation for what we're doing and, and everything. So uh, go in and check that out. Something new we set up there. So with that being said, I got nothing. Dee, Dee do you have anything more? I'm done, but thank you all for listening. Yes, yeah, assessment-based. Exactly. exactly. And until next time, remember, pest control is an adventure. So get out there and enjoy the adventure with the Pest Posse. Thank you for listening to the Pest Posse Stampede Podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast and the Pest Posse on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until next time, remember, pest control is an adventure. So get out there and enjoy the adventure with the Pest Posse.